The Big Shiny Robot Podcast is brought to you by the Bohemian Brewery. This is Tyson. This is John. This is Rebecca. This is Nick. This is still Tom. This is Lucas. And you're listening to the Big Shiny Robot Podcast. Ask a bunch of leading questions. My name is Tom. I went to Rhyme City for Pokemon's Tom. My name is Tom. I like video games. Combo Breaker! Whoa. Oh, good damn. Peaks, 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 peaks. Oh, yeah, we peaking. Hey, Tom. Yo. Have you been on any fun adventures to play the fighting games of late? Why, yes, I have. That's interesting you should ask, sir. I wasn't prompted to bring this up at all. No, it's definitely not on an agenda or anything. Nope. Yeah, so I got on <laughs> one of them. Agenda. What? <laughs> so I got me on one of them airplanes and uh, headed out to what, A skybird? A skybird. I got on one of them steel skybirds. Like all birds? <laughs> <laughs> Well, penguins, come on, let's not be prejudiced. <laughs> oh, did yeah, so you got emus. There's a thing about penguins. Yeah, <laughs> the reason why penguins can't fly is because God's afraid of them. Go on. They're too powerful, and if they could fly, they'd go to heaven and overthrow him. I, that's fair. That's fair. Penguins are the fucking greatest. <laughs> she just sent me all those photos. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good. So, yeah, I went to I went to St. Charles, Illinois, to play the Street Fighters. Uh, St. Charles? To, yeah. St. Chuck's. Minnesota? Illinois. Illinois. So close. It's about Midwest. an hour out. about an hour from O'Hare. Okay. Um, it's about 20 minutes from Schaumburg. Okay. Um, it's close to where that guy almost killed me. Yeah, actually. I was on that same road. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, I remember being in that fucked up lift ride. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I went out there. It was super cool. Uh, I would argue the best fighting game tournament I've ever been to. Oh, wow. For a couple of reasons. First of all, the guy that runs it, uh, the, at the Hado on Twitter, Rick, he cares about the community more than he cares about like being profitable and money. So everything he does is about scale and making the event super cool. Um, so it's a 24-hour venue to start, which is super rare. So what that means is when all the tournament stuff ends around like 9 p.m., 10 p.m., they leave all the consoles on and the floor open and you can just play sets. What? Yeah, all night. They have security mm-hmm. on site all night. Um, it's open. All it's available. Night all night. night. That's super cool. Um, and, and what makes that so cool is like at Evo, for example, if you want to go get games in, right, you're going to someone's hotel room and you're playing games. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get, play like super high level play, you either have to be really good at networking, start talking to people and just like basically affront strangers and talk to them and try to make friends. And be like, want to come back to my hotel room? Exactly. Or like if you're trying to play against like pros, for example, you're essentially going to try to challenge them to money matches if you can even find them. Because there's a good chance that they've already talked to each other and they're all off somewhere playing without you, right? Mm-hmm. But at Combo Breaker, this feels like high school all over. It's again. it kind of is. But at Combo Breaker, there's a 24 hour venue and all the setups are there. So you show up on Friday night at 11 o'clock at night, and anyone that wants to practice is there. Who provides the setup? Uh, so there's a company called Gaming Generations, and they actually rent them to tournaments, hmm. and so they maintain and ship all the consoles around and do the whole thing. Crazy. So yeah, you show up and you can just play. So you know we're playing. 11.30 at night with a bunch of people from Vancouver, all really, really good. We're sharing techniques and ideas and talking and just getting along. And right behind us, the people that took top four in the tournament are also doing the same thing. And they're just taking matches. You walk up, it's arcade style. I'm next. 
Hmm. They play a best of three. Next person sits down. She put a quarter? Best of three. She put a quarter there? There's not really quarters, but there's kind of just like in a gentleman's or gentle person's agreement that hmm. that's what you're going to do. Hmm. And then when the when all that's done, during the day, on like the finals day, right, they're, they're no longer running matches on setups. So Sunday we walk over and basically all of these really, really amazing players who are no longer in the top eight are just sitting there taking games. So you sit down and I... I got to play a bunch of sets against the guy who actually beat me in the tournament. Then to my left is Fujimura, who's the best Ibuki in the world, arguably, and that's who I play. So I'm literally just sitting there watching Fujimura play sets constantly against whoever sits down. Um, and that's it's, that's just the attitude and vibe the entire weekend. You're basically drinking, playing games. Thursday night before the venue opened, people had setups all throughout the uh, resort lobby, and you just go sit down and play. Wow. Um, it was dope. They have a bring your own console area that's massive right by the pool. And BYOC. So, yep, BYOC. Mm-hmm. And there's tables and power. And same thing, arcade rules. You set your shit up. There's people playing all kinds of fighting games. So like obviously like Tekken, Mortal Kombat 11, Street Fighter 5, but it's a sell- like combo breakers about classics too. So there's legit people that have things called super guns. Um basically super guns are modified arcade cabinets they're just um basically an adapter that you drop your arcade cartridge onto and then it has usb ports and then like a power adapter and everything like that with a monitor Hmm. so they're literally bringing these super guns hooking them up to hdmi monitors and bringing like weird ass old school arcade fighters that they like and people are just playing wow so there's people playing like hakuta no ken uh, TMNT fighters was at the event this year as a, no sh- as a tournament. Yeah, they I don't know anybody like that. They run like rare classic games as events, and so this year they chose TMNT fighters as like the Super Nintendo game as like a stage event. So there was a tournament for that. That's hilarious. They run Street Fighter Alpha, Super Turbo, uh, Vampire Savior. Um, they have a mystery tournament, which is the fucking coolest. It's a capped at 128 players, and the way the mystery tournament works is there's literally these three dudes that run it. It's you know normal brackets. But every round of the brackets is a random game that they select. Mm-hmm. And it could be on any console. Oh, so really? you show up and they're just like, okay, round one is going to be this game. So I think round one was Laser League. Uh, round two was like some shitty fighting game. One of them was running the st- one round was the Street Fighter movie game for Sega Saturn. Like they just <laughs> pick random games and nope. So if you know how to play the game, great. If you don't, figure it the fuck out before mm-hmm. you lose. It's really fun. That's cool. Um, hmm. I volunteered, so I got to run some brackets, which is really cool. Watch a lot of really cool, like Super Street Fighter Two Turbo games. Yeah, it's just a dope event. Like, if I like, I thought CEO was the best event I'd ever been to, and then I went to this, and I think also because of the accessibility, because it is in you know Illinois, it's kind of central. It was the most stacked tournament I've ever been to. Anybody who's relatively good at Street Fighter shows up to this event because it's easy to get to from Canada. It's easy to get you from New York, California. Like it's just right in the middle. So it's just this massive, like, descendants upon Illinois to play fighting games. That's and you cool. can have Portillo's, so. Hmm. There you go. It's pretty good. So you had a good time. I did. That sounds super cool. It was fun. Let me ask then, leading from that, um, coming up at the end of this month at Salt Lake Gaming Con. Correct. You're going to be competing there, too, aren't you? Correct. Yeah. Um, when is that? I forget. It's the last weekend in June. Um, it's the same weekend as CEO. It's the 28th, 29th, and 30th, I think. And that's down at the convention center in Salt Lake. Downtown, yeah, this time. Oh, it's downtown now? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's it's growing. Yeah, he's got a lot. Downtown. I like that song. What what days are you going to be there? Uh, so Mortal Kombat, if I'm still hoping to enter that, is Friday night. Friday night? Um, from 9 p.m. to midnight. They're running that one late because it's pretty fucking violent and wonderful. (laughs) What? Oh, my God, it's so violent. So that's um, 9 p.m.? Yeah, they're running it at 9 p.m. So that one's going to be rough. 
but then uh, Street Fighter's on Saturday. So I'll, I'll probably be there all weekend, though, because, like, I'm going to play as much fighting games as I can for two days. And I think they're open on Sunday this year. I know it's three days. Are you, yeah, it, it might be Thursday, Sunday? Friday, Saturday, or it might be Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I feel like it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but I could be wrong. Um, anyway, the last day that there's not fighting games running, I'm planning on just, like, being around playing tabletop. Like, I'm going to do a bunch of D&D if I can and buy stuff and just hang out. So I'll cool. probably try to be there all three days. Last year was a lot of fun. Super fun event. Yeah, I got to hang around, and there was some little miscellaneous, like, Nintendo stuff to find, but, yeah. like, meeting the guy that did the voice for Mario, his panel was yeah. super cool. Well, and they've got the the actor that did that played Shang Tsung in the Mortal Kombat movies, oh, and yeah. also played Hihachi in the Tekken movie from overseas. Same guy, and also he's the voice actor for, Sha- for uh, Shang Tsung in all the games, and is going to be there. That's super cool, they especially also, for your tournament. Yeah, I'm stoked to meet him. They also have the voice actress who does Karine in Street Fighter V, who's um, going to be there. Um, they have a lot of really when cool... Is it? Uh, the end of the month, June 28th, 30th, I think. Yeah, we're going to be going. Yep. I'll, we'll have a couple of press passes. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you end up wanting to come one of the days with me, uh, I'm probably yeah. going to try to pal around a little bit on Friday and I'll definitely be there Saturday. Cool. And I know, I mean, I think Anna's coming with me, but I'm sure she won't want to be there all three days. So that's kind of what I was thinking too. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was a lot of fun. And then last year, Tom competed in, was it, it was Street Fighter. Street Fighter, yeah, I got third, fourth, third or fourth. Yeah, so some of our high school friends that I only ever see, stuff like yep. that were there. And they're planning on being there again. I know Cam wants to play in the Hearthstone tournament. They're running like Mario Kart tournaments, Hearthstone, Street Fighter, Tekken, Mortal Kombat, StarCraft, League of Legends. Oh man, it'd be fun to play StarCraft. I'm not good enough for a tournament, but... It's fun. Yeah, the Salt Lake Gaming Con, uh, that's a lot of fun. So you'll see us kicking around over out yeah. there. You know how you get good? No. Doing it. Yep. That's what I'm told. You can't shake tournament nerves unless you play in the fucking tournament, boy. <laughs> Playing with the big boys. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. And like Salt Lake Gaming Con has been a really cool like help to me in building out like the fighting games in Utah. Um, you know, they've been giving us passes to give away at our tournaments, like at bar fights. Oh, really? Which reminds me, if you come to bar fights this month, which is on the 20th, I think. Uh, excuse me. I've got two Salt Lake Gaming Con passes to give away to the top two in Street Fighter V. So. That's awesome. Now, that's one thing, as I've gotten to know the gentleman that runs yeah, gaming con jake he really is pretty big into building community and helping yep. with that stuff um which i think is super yep. cool so yeah, i'm glad he, that he's helping you with your yeah yeah he actually nights. came out to bar fights and like hung out one night um and like we did a raffle for an arcade stick and he bought raffle tickets and like got on stream and talked to people and it was really cool he's really really friendly um he's giving me advice on like how to build the community and how to keep people engaged so that's, that's I'm, awesome. a, I'm a big fan of jake yeah he's a good dude i'm i'm excited to go hang out and so I would recommend if you're going to put some money towards a convention this year to go this hang around and have some fun, yep. this is the one. Well, and they, and they have so much free to play, just like yeah, that's the the big difference that was surprising to me too is all the arcade games they had, the pinball machines, yep. and even the axe throwing last year that was all free. Yep. Just and the that's pin- not a video game. It's a game though, and like the <laughs> pinball and the arcade machines are all coming back too. Oh, are they? So they're going to do the. Cla- I think they're doing a classic lounge. I thought I saw them say. That's cool. Well, they're going to have like a room full of arcade games, and they've got the pinball people coming back. And I feel like, too, from a vendor perspective, it's because it's so themed to, like, gaming, quote-unquote. You've got, like, board game vendors. You can buy D&D figures, mm-hmm. dice. But then you've got, like, cosplay booths and, like, other cool stuff. I know PlayStation was there one year showing off, like, some of their, like, new games. Like, it's really fun. Yeah, I I think it's a lot of fun. Yep. So come catch us there. Um, I want to talk to you about a couple other things, Tom. Yeah. The, so what's this this whole thing with Stadia? We okay. talked a little bit about it on the previous Stadia podcast. Stadia Arcadia. Stadia Arcadia. Album by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, shit. So, Is that a good album? I don't know if I listened to that one. 
Ayo, listen what I say. Oh, that's on Stadia Arcadia. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. So I've if you're going to pitch sex. Rebecca on Stadia. Okay. I'm a baby. Layman's term. I don't know anything about anything. Okay. So there's a I game. I know there's a lot of technical wizardry to this. Yeah, yeah. Which, so the, the general pitch is you can play any game that's available mm-hmm. for most consoles or high-end PCs without owning a console or a high-end PC. Okay. All you need is internet and a device. Whether that device be a laptop, as long as it has a Chrome browser, okay, uh, a Chromecast, but you do need the controller if you're going to do it on your Chromecast. Mm-hmm. That's it, and you buy games through the service. It's a free service that you can buy games through, or you can pay for the pro service, which is ten bucks a month, and you get free games every month that you can just play, like free good games. Mm-hmm. For example, if you res- pre-order the Stadia package, you get all of Destiny 2's content for free to play on Stadia. All the expansions, the whole game. So, so where does the game go? So it's all run on a server. Tubes. And your device it's is... delivered, but via tubes. Tubes. Via the tubes. <laughs> right. Hamsters carry the shit too. It runs on some form of electricity. It's a, it's a series of tubes. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so your device that you're playing on, whether it be your cheap laptop with a Chrome browser or your Chromecast, is basically just a screen. It's just displaying stuff that's being processed on a server at a data center and so you, you're you always getting the best possible graphics as long as your internet connection is decent. So what's the minimum requirements for this? Thing? So minimum requirement is 10 megabits down, um, and that will allow you to play at 720p, hmm. uh, 60 frames a second. Oh, wow, really? If you want to run at 4K, 60 frames a second, you need 35 megabits down consistently. Right. What does the average household have? Probably 10 is pretty safe. Yeah, because yeah. streaming, like your Netflix, they say seven. Yeah. So, so, you, so. to have multiple devices, they use, I think our plan's like 30 or yeah. 40. I see, I see. So it's 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 pretty universal, um, and I think that's what the big win is for. And a lot of people are saying, oh, well, yeah, but, you know, streaming compression and blah, blah, blah. It's like, right, but the people that are concerned about that already have a $2,000 gaming PC and are already probably just playing the games on Steam anyway, right? This is not... I don't know that this is tech... Like, I think there are hardcore gamers like me that are like, I want to see this fucking tech work because it's wizardry, mm-hmm. and I want to know how they're accounting for latency because their controller, for example, is a Wi-Fi controller. It's not Bluetooth. So you're not it's sending... Wi-Fi in, It's Wi-Fi. So you're not sending your inputs to the Chromecast. Right. Your inputs are going to the server that is processing the game that is then taking those inputs, marrying them up, and shooting them back yeah, to the your display. How that not going to be laggy Lag, well? lag. So I played at the GDC before I knew all the stuff they announced on Thursday. I played Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Right, I remember you talking about yeah, this. With almost no input latency. But that's in a highly controlled environment. Like, mm-hmm. I want it to release, and I want you yeah. to actually do it at your... Well, not even... I don't want you to do it, because you have good fucking internet. I do have... Uh, I want normal people to do it. Yeah. Like, do it at my house. Yeah, we should take it to Rebecca's. <laughs> and, we, and I pre-ordered the Founders Edition. I think we should. We should go to, like, Rebecca's house, mm-hmm. set it up, and play it. Because you're not only... limited by... It's not like you can only play it at home. It's wherever you have an internet connection, Yeah, right? you got a Chrome browser you can play. Yeah, and mm-hmm. if you have... So I have the, the Founders Edition, which is 130 bucks, which is actually a hell of a deal. Reason being, so with the Founders Edition, you get... A limited edition weird ask. I think it's a blue or a it's a blue Wi-Fi controller. I thought um, it was red. The founders one is like an eggshell blue. I think you can buy it in other colors. Oh, but like the regular one is like like black, black white, and... or red or something. Yeah, yeah. But I bought okay. it in like this eggshell blue because that's the founders one. You get three months of the Stadia Pro service, which is ten bucks a month, so thirty bucks. You get a buddy pass for another three months to give to somebody. 
mm. which is 30 more bucks, and you get a Chromecast Ultra. Oh, damn. So the way I looked at it was like, well, I was going to buy a Chromecast Ultra eventually anyway. They're 70 bucks. I would probably keep the service for three months so I can try it. That's 30 bucks. That's a good deal. Controllers are usually 60 to 70 bucks. The Stadia controllers are 70. So mm. the way I see it is I'm buying a friend three months, buying myself three months and a Chromecast HD and getting a free controller and Destiny 2 for free with all the DLC. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 something. Yeah, and like it's $130. I don't mean to sound pretentious, but like if it ends up being like a service that I fucking hate, I can sell the controller and I'm out 50 bucks for the Chromecast, which I'll use for everything else. Like it's not really that risky of an investment to try it. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is pretty groundbreaking. My um, big thing with it, fucking bandwidth caps. Yeah, and that's that's actually the one thing that I'm concerned about too. And I'm it, never going to use it because I have a cap. Mm-hmm. And even worse off, like thinking about it, using it traveling. I'm like, man, I would love to have this traveling, mm. but I'm like, I can't fucking run Stadia on my mobile on my mobile data. I only have 30 gigs a month. I would blow through that in a day. And also, I can't play it on an airplane. I can't play mm-hmm. it. Like maybe I could play it at low res in a hotel Wi-Fi, depending on the hotel. Some yeah, hotels have, have like, good Wi-Fi, yeah. some don't. Yeah, probably not. Like yeah. low chance of that. Uh, I do know a hack to make your hotel Wi-Fi better, though. Oh, really? So most mobile phones allow you to turn your phone into a Wi-Fi pass-through. It's like a Wi-Fi hotspot mm-hmm. that uses the Wi-Fi, not your mobile data, but then shares. So if you do that, it will bypass most of the device limitations and throttling that the hotel has set. Oh, wow. So like in the Luxor in Vegas, we couldn't download patches for Street Fighter when we wanted to practice. But when I used my wi- my device, my phone as a Wi-Fi pass through, I was able to not only download an update, but I was able to surf and move and like maneuver on the Internet like 10 hmm. times faster than what the hotel was allowing me to do. Cool. That's super cool. Anyway, life hack. But yeah, I think overall, though, if people are thinking this is going to destroy and kill consoles, PC gaming is going to die. It's not. But if people don't think this is fucking incredible technology... They're also high because it is, oh. and it again, like a pretty good market for like casual gamers that want to yeah. play a lot of these games but don't want to have to invest in the console. That's, where it's like I spend ten bucks a month for four months, catch up on a bunch of games. Right. If well, Comcast wasn't a cunt, I'd be all over it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and even if even if you didn't want to spend the ten bucks a month to get the free games, right? But your friends are all playing Destiny Two. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, losers. oh, I don't have a console. And I don't want to spend 400 bucks <laughs> for a console. Oh, shit. I mean, I can just spend 55, 60 bucks and get all this Destiny 2 content and play it on my fucking Chromecast. Or mm-hmm. I can play it on my 20-year-old laptop by plugging a controller in. And because of this, because of how powerful this is, Destiny is now supporting cross-save. I don't know if you saw those articles. But now you can export your Destiny save from Xbox, from PlayStation, and from Stadia and move it between consoles. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Can you? Is it cross-play multiplayer? It will be. I think it will be once Stadia like finalizes up because they're pushing everyone to do that mm-hmm. through the power of Google, right? So I, I feel like there is so much to be gained. And a lot of people are looking back saying, yeah, but OnLive failed. You're right. OnLive failed. Not because OnLive was a bad idea, but OnLive was ahead of its time. OnLive was 10, 12 years ago. The average internet connection. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah, the average internet connection wasn't there. Like I felt awesome having a seventy meg download and like a ten meg upload ten years ago, right? Mm-hmm. That was a dope ass internet connection. That average has probably doubled now, right? Like Comcast mm-hmm. advertises what one fifty down, twenty yeah, up I or get, something. I get like one seventy in my yeah. house. Yeah, and like that's kind of the standard now in most areas. So I feel like the tech is much more primed and ready to do this. When people are just online more. Yep. Now. Like, everybody, every fucking kid gets a Chromebook in school now. Yeah. Like, everybody's using shit. Um, 
I'm just curious how Google's going to fuck it up because it's possible. Like right now they're fucking up Chrome. Yep. Uh, they're not going to like, they're going to cripple all the ad blockers. So yep. guess what? I'm not going to use Chrome anymore. Yep. Oh, they're crippling ad blockers. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So switch over to Firefox now. Use multi-containers. The end. No. It's yeah. interesting because this isn't like a new idea. No. Like Super Nintendo did this way back. It was in, in Japan, but they were, had a lot of games that you would, from 9 till 10 p.m., you logged in with your cable hookup instead of internet, and you could play certain like Zelda games that were only available during that hour. Yeah. Holy shit. I'd never heard of that. That's amazing. Yeah, there's a whole... I can't remember what it's called, but they, were, they did another version of Link to the Past where you weren't Link, you were a different character, and it was told over like four or six weeks, so every week you played a different chapter. How have I never heard about that? It's super cool because there's different guys cool that kids have, only. have made emulators like of just that or girl. ROMs of just that. But that's so I, this idea isn't like for people to be dogging it. This isn't a new idea. Right. You know, and, and I it's think just the technology and people willing to pay for streaming media. Yeah. And I think for me, like people are like, oh, but I don't really own the game. Well, technically, if you buy any digital games, you don't really own the if game. If you buy anything digital at all, you don't own you it. You don't own it. All those Maybe. Amazon movies. You're technically just Maybe Amazon says, it. fuck you. So, well, even just like your, sorry, Rebecca, so even like your console, like they can update and brick your console to where yeah. you can't do, you, you can't can, play these games. They you can, can decide that you somehow violated the terms and conditions. Cancel your account. And your Xbox Live account is dead forever mm-hmm. and everything mm-hmm. you ever bought digitally is dead forever. Yep. So this is like a grand yep. hypothetical question. Yeah, yeah. Um, Consoles are like the way that it is yeah. right now. And you said earlier, like, is like Wi-Fi going to destroy like console gaming and it's not. What do you envision in the future? What would be the thing to like finally take down consoles? Not that it's like a thing to be taken down, but like what is going like what would replace it? So I I really realistically think like our phones will. Um and this is a conversation when I was working in mobile that we would have with like really high up executives all the time is that the vision for mobile is not about putting better, faster processors in your phone. The vision for mobile is getting the connection and the ability in your phone so fast that it's just a screen relaying data from a server somewhere. When you've got... 5G, which is going to give us all tumors or something. I don't know. Yeah. If, if they ever <laughs> actually as long, It won't it, give you tumors as long as you put seashells in the back of your phone. Yeah, then you're fine. Yeah, it'll keep the cancer out. But like, <laughs> so 5G is supposed to be amazing fast if they actually ever deliver it and sort right. of just change their marketing to pretend it's 5G. Fuck, right. Oh, um, yeah. We see you, AT&T. Um, yep. <laughs> but then you've got Elon's crazy plan to just do a bunch of satellites that deliver worldwide Wi-Fi, which is terrifying I, I don't but think, amazing i don't think it'll actually work like i don't want to be an elon musk naysayer but i'm pretty sure at this point the motherfucker just like does a bump of cocaine and screams ideas at the internet yeah. and people somehow give him money oh it's gonna be a subway or an underground oh it's actually just a tunnel for rich people Never yeah mind. it's gonna be an underground bus system you mean a subway here's yeah. something for all the people harambe rap <laughs> <laughs> but like they've done weird shit so I think in like New Zealand or something, Google had uh, hot air balloon Wi-Fi where like they were just trying to make it so that it would repeat for people in really rural areas after like earthquakes and stuff. Mm-hmm. So they've done stuff. But yeah, like I don't know how that's going to work and I mean, space trash and I don't know. The, the tech space is, trash. I think the tech is there, Satellites but space trash. I, I, I really do feel that at some point, right, like it's consoles will die not because they get destroyed but because it won't make sense to put a physical box in your home unless you just need something to plug into a display of some sort well, and that's like so there's the new xbox that's right digital only it doesn't have a disc system yep 
Well, look at the way that we approach our streaming services. Mm-hmm. I have an Apple TV. I watch all of the different apps through my Apple TV. You use your Chromecast. Mm-hmm. There's Roku. Mm-hmm. I think it'll. I think uh, Nintendo will probably always have some form of a console, but yep. they, I think, are the odd man out on a lot of this stuff. And I think you'll see Xbox, possibly PlayStation, move towards something more ambiguous where it's a, a game service. Right. And you Watched. choose how to play I it. Think- Nintendo's going to, I bet they will make a Switch because they're already making two more Switches. That like one is like a cheapo and one is like a pro. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you heard. I that, heard that right? they were doing a re-release. That, yeah, but I didn't know that. Yeah, I've I, I heard that they were basically going to make like you know how they had the the, the 3ds big, and the 2d 2ds yeah. that like the kid one. So they're going to make like a pro switch that can dock higher, and then the cheaper one. Give a few years, and they'll have one that's yep. uh 5g. And I think like the mm-hmm. only thing that will like, yeah that'd be nice that will give you the warrant to buy a console right will be if you play like competitive games, and it'll be like well I play competitive games and I need a device that can run this thing, and then you'll buy like it's almost like I feel like in my brain it almost goes back to arcade culture, where like oh I play Street Fighter Five competitively, so I bought this box that is specifically built to run Street Fighter Five at optimal settings and receive updates, mm-hmm. and that's it. And if I do have Wi Fi, then I can play all this other shit. But when I'm offline, I can just play fucking Street fighter five or tekken or these five fighting games like i feel like at some point we'll get to something similar to that or venues will just have to have bandwidth for competitive events and i think with the growth of esports that's quite possible too right i mean mm-hmm. they ran 10 simultaneous streams at combo breaker oh wow out of a fucking hotel venue i bet the internet cost to do that was astronomical but they had 10 simultaneous streams running for 12 to 14 hours a day not to mention that during the 24 hour times Samsung had TVs all over the resort that were just running Twitch. So mm-hmm. when they weren't streaming, because the Twitch was running, like they were streaming the actual event, different tournaments of the event that you could watch. But when the event was over, they just like picked up random streamers and had them running all night long. So all night long, so, all night. <laughs> so yeah, I think I think it's just it's just kind of the inevitable wave of the future. And just like PCs, you might buy a Dell Game Box Five. Hello. Adele? It's me. Oh, God, that took me a second. I'm in California dreaming so when something, does, something, something, something. When does Stadia launch? Uh, so in November. Uh, they haven't given a solid date, I don't think. I think it just says coming November. The gaming um, season. Yep, and if you pre-order it for the 130 bucks, you get early access to something. Oh, and you get first shot at your gamer tag. So I'm going to have, like, Dick Fitzwell 25. But it, won't, <laughs> but it won't be Dick Fitzwell 25. It'll just be Dick Fitzwell, which I'm pretty excited about. Um, Poor 2069. God, I'm still so fucking mad about that. My car was going to hit 42069. Uh, and you didn't get a picture. And I fucked up, man. I wasn't paying attention. I looked down on the freeway and it was at 42070. And now I got to fucking sell the car now. Yeah, I mean, start over. Idiot. Okay, I need to put it posted on my car that I just bought. Yeah, dude. Yeah, you got to remember. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, sorry. Go ahead. So if I want to, hypothetically, I want to jump in. Do I have to use one of their controllers? Nope. Any controller that will plug into your PC will work. And then a ten dollar a month subscription. And the ten dollar a month subscription is only if you want the free games per month. Otherwise, you, can just you buy do specific games. You just games. buy games. Yeah. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. And then yeah, just play them. I, as far as I know, like you could probably play on your phone because you can have a Chrome browser on your phone. I think so. So that was the one thing that I can't lock down because they specifically say on any device with a Chrome browser, but then they say supported on mobile with Pixel and Pixel 3a. Oh, so, so yeah. it's like, there, okay. Google, fuck you. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, so does that mean I can use the Chrome browser on my Galaxy S10 Plus 
Or does that mean that the Android version of Chrome browser will specifically not let me do it? It's going to give that the user agent's going to say what you yeah. are and it's going to say not yeah. pixel. So you probably can't do it. But, but what if you fuck with your user agent and I, make it say pixel? I mean, yeah, there's going to be a way around, right? Yeah. I, so that that's the one thing I can't really confirm. But it, it seems to me that on mobile right now, if you're not rocking Google a Google handset, like you fucked. But for me still, I'm like, well, but I'll just play it on my laptop or on a fucking iPad or... I wonder if it'll let you do it. Because they said phones, but then they said on any tablet, basically. Oh, yeah. And so. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't say a Google-specific tablet. So who knows? Maybe it will just run in the Chrome browser on your S10+, Plus, but they're not specifically saying that in case your phone can't hack it. Yeah. Because that might be the one limitation. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I think Stadia is going to be cool. I don't think it's going to blow things up. But for me, like, I am excited to play really dope games that I necessarily don't want to buy. And I also don't really want to, like, buy a console for, but I can just lay in bed with my weird-ass Wi-Fi controller and see it work. I don't think fighting games are viable. They're saying eight milliseconds of lag on fighting games. And that's I th- enough to get murdered. It is. And it's on top of you have to add in. Are they is that including the game's n- native latency input? Because if so, for example, Street Fighter five has four point five frames of latency. And then you add what another. Is latency? Uh, so like the time you push the button to you see the thing happen on screen. OK. So from the time you hit punch on your controller to the time that on screen the character punches, there's uh-huh. four point five frames. OK. Um, at 60 frames a second, right? Okay. So So the slower that is the yeah. it's bad. Yeah, yeah. The, the higher the frame lag goes, the slower yeah. you see the response. So with that, if Stadia has eight point five frames of input latency and the fighting game has four point five natively. And how much you, does that controller lag with the Wi Fi connection right. to and the there's server? There's a train heading east at twenty five miles an hour. <laughs> and a train and John heading has twelve coconuts. Right. So anyway, the point I'm getting to with all this math is that Anything over nine frames of input latency in a fighting game is goddamn near unplayable. Uh And so I don't know that fighting games competitively make any kind of fucking sense on Stadia. However, who knows? Yeah, how would that affect a button masher like me? We think even first person shooters that might affect Mm -hmm. Twitch responses. It wouldn't affect. So the way it would infect a button masher like you is probably less of the buttons you're mashing would come out because because of the input latency, you would probably overload the input buffer faster. And so less of the jabs you're mashing or the roundhouses you're mashing would come out because the input buffer would start ignoring commands at certain points. Mm. Yeah. For, like think about like competitive Overwatch and all that yeah. shit. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's viable for that stuff. But yeah, for a casual yeah. gamer though, yeah, where but, you just want to play Assassin's Creed. Right. And you don't need zero input latency to play Assassin's Creed, right? Like you don't even see 13 frames because there's usually a little bit of like, there's that transition from standing to walking that you have in the animation controller system anyway that they put in to make it feel natural and give the walk some weight. So that, that input latency probably just adds to that, to be completely honest. How much slower will my like crop harvest be? <laughs> oh, in a Harvest Moon or in a Stardew? Stardew? I think it's going to add about 35 milliseconds per day. Uh, so like over a lifetime of harvesting crops, that's probably a week of time lost. So there's one other thing I want to talk about, Smart Isis. <sighs> Fuck you. It's it's kind of related to this. So the these guys that created Firewatch, I don't remember the Talk name of it. In your microphone. Am I not talking uh, into it? It's right there. Campo Campo I'll talk San- this way. Campo Santo. So Campo Santo, they did this super great narrative game called uh, Hiking Simulator Firewatch. 3000. Hiking Simulator Three Thousand. <laughs> God, it's so good though. You fall in love with a voice. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Yeah. So that same company is making their own little console. Oh, are they the ones doing the the, yeah. the play date? So the play date. Now this is, is similar that the to the game you were telling me to play. It's a console. Firewatch. Oh. 
Firewatch we've, you need to play. We've talked about Firewatch like yeah, a yeah. fuck time. You definitely need to play Firewatch. Is that the one you were telling me about and it like wasn't available on Switch it's or something? It's on Switch now. It is now yeah. Now? Okay. It's Hiking Simulator it's, it's really good. Yeah, but it was... You'd it was, like it. Okay. You'd love it. Okay. It's especially like it's a game that you love to play. Like it's a story? It's a narration. Yeah. Okay. It's a narrative and story. And it's not like you're not doing like... And I'm not saying you're not capable of this. I'm just saying... I, like, I will tell but, you, I'm not. Okay. But you're not doing like crazy hard puzzle challenges or platforming. Like what was this? You are experiencing a story and making decisions and it's wonderful. Okay. Yeah, what was okay. the one where and they're on the island too. with oxen like... Oxen free. It's similar-ish. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm always on the search for an oxen free-esque game. Oxen free with a little bit... Because oxen free is like a, some puzzle stuff in it, right? Yeah. I have a tiny, tiny bit. But yeah, this is... You'll super it's, okay. it's like super beautiful oxen free with like very stylized visuals. Okay. Um, I can't remember mm-hmm. his name right now, but the graphic designer that did the... Ollie Moss did like the color design. Oh, oh that makes sense. Oh, shit. That yeah. makes sense. So so they're putting out this little... Supposedly, this little handheld console called the Playdate. And this kind of ties into what Tom was talking about. <laughs> So imagine a little Game Boy. It's got you know the D-pad, two black buttons. Black and white LCD screen. And the black and white screen isn't backlit. It's old school like a Game Boy. Oh, what? <laughs> which means you're going to have to buy a goddamn clip-on light attachment. Yeah, which irritated the shit out of me. I was like, <laughs> come on, guys. Like, come on. But I, I was kind of dogging on this, but I'll, I think I'll end up getting one anyway to just, it's similar to Tom experience it. Um, yeah, I think yeah. it's like 150 bucks. But the difference with this is you get the console, it hooks up to Wi-Fi, and you get, I think it's six or eight games, and they've approached all these big time uh, game creators that are known for doing these really cool indie games. You're leaving out a very important. Piece. But you don't know anything about it, and they the well, I'll get to that. So these games, um, you'll get like one a week, one every other week, and that's uh, part of the the allure of it. Is the game could be like a ten minute thing, it could be a four hour RPG, it could be this huge thing. You don't really know what you're getting. So that could also be like, well, shit, I just paid 130 bucks and got like five, 10 minute games. But some of the games, one of the the gimmicks they've added to it is on the right hand side of this Game Boy, a crank you can pop out. And then you literally crank the side of the Game Boy. Well, it's not a Game Boy, the play date to play one of these games. I thought this is stupid. Like, how would you do that? Did you watch any of the gameplay? I watched like a half second of one where like they cranked it so you could like you cranked to walk. Yeah, so there's this robot character and you're trying to get to the like female robot at the end of it. Physical activity? So you you crank it, but then as it's uh, at different points to solve the puzzles, you have to like stop or pause or go back. And I started to see like, okay, with a really clever developer, you'd be able to, what's up PJ? You'd be able to run with this guy. So, it's it's interesting in that it's a similar idea of we need this to be a, a streaming service that kicks off and is really successful. But then again, you're not really owning anything. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting. I just I'm not like Derek Hunter is gonna come all over for it, but I'm not gonna touch it. <laughs> I I'll probably pick it up to see what it is. And a lot of that depends on as they announce the games. But a lot of the game stuff they're not gonna tell us about yeah. it before. They're think, intentionally keeping it mysterious. I feel like it's one of those things that's gonna suck, but I'm gonna try it because I feel like I need to try it. So it could suck, but something I think it could be really interesting, and this is gonna be kind of like gamer, like indie gamer pretentious, and I, I promise I don't intend this. But like I think the idea of be of having to design a fun experience within like super constrained rules. Totally. Sounds kind of dope. Like, especially if you get really good game designers, it's like, I'm actually excited to see, like, how do they come up with a story and then solve that problem? Like, mm-hmm. how do they, okay, like, I can literally turn a crank, shake, I mean, I don't know what input options we have, right? But probably three, probably there's probably like an accelerometer in it. I don't think there is. I think it's just. It's just the crank. There's a crank, a D-pad, and two buttons. 
But like, but seeing the crank like the game, I thought this is going to be stupid. Then watching the gameplay, I thought like this. You this get a clever could, developer. This is actually it, pretty it, interesting. Exactly, and it could be really fun. It feels like the most pretentious video game thing I'll and, own. Yeah, yep. And I'm I'm probably going to buy one with you. That's <laughs> the most pretentious video game thing you'll own. Yeah, yeah it, it's crazy because I figured like, like video game people won't give a shit about it. It's like about the art of video games. Yeah, it's got like, a fucking crank on it. It's pretentious. Yeah, like basically like the people that are thinking Gamergate was justified are going to fucking hate it. Yeah, exactly. But those of us, that, you know, think <laughs> about things. Enjoy the and, art of gaming. Yeah, are going to like jerk off on it. Very similarly to, I mean, I know you bought one, oh, Lucas. Oh, this is so easy. But where you watch, the, where, you, where you play the porn game and the hand just strokes your dick. You've got one of those, right? Yeah, yeah, that's. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, I got it used from you. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's sticky. <laughs> I alcohol rubbed it first, but it wasn't like dick, rubbing alcohol. The, it was. It was vodka. Vodka. <laughs> it's like, why does it smell like whiskey? I, I have nothing else to say, Tom. The Big Shiny Robot Podcast is brought to you by the Bohemian Brewery. This is Tyson. This is John. This is Rebecca. This is Nick. This is still Tom. This is Lucas. And you're listening to the Big Shiny Robot Podcast. 